You're listening to the Strategically Podcast. I'm Tyler Collins. And I'm Brandon Collins. We like to say that strategy is all about finding the best way to get from where you are to where you want to be. Head over to our website, Strategically, that's strategic.li, for more tools and content. But right now, you can join us for this casual conversation where we dive deep into the concepts behind thinking strategically in life, business, or whatever you care about. In this episode, we wrap up our walkthrough of the first method for finding your end destination. Then we get into specific examples of how that method would work for individuals and organizations. Let's get into it. That's okay. Yeah. You know I mean? So I think that's that's a good question. Uh, okay. So we started with the sort of the positive approach and the negative approach. Approach. This number three is more about more for teams and businesses, but I think you know there's there's some space in here for people to for individuals as well. But it's and, and this is one of my pet peeves, man. When whenever I hear of someone starting a new thing, an entrepreneur or um, like this, this just happened. Someone was talking with me about this new thing they're starting. And I was like, that sounds like four other things that I've already, I already know four other people, four <laughs> other organizations that are doing exactly the same thing you're doing, Yeah, which is fine. As long as you can answer this question, why do we, yeah. why do we need to exist? How are we doing our are thing doing differently, differently than everybody else? Yeah. Right. What makes us unique? Which let me, let me jump on that for a second. Yeah. And I, I think I agree with where you're going with that. I do. However, there, there are some, some ways where that can be a trap. For instance, if you're like, ah, oh, man, I want to start my own YouTube channel. Well, of course, there's millions of YouTube channels out there. And in that situation, the only way or the only reason you need to be different is because it's you. Like some people yes, will connect with you. Yeah, that's right. Um, So I think there's room for that. Uh, yes, but but I, to your point, if you're trying to do a really specific kind of thing and you're like, oh, but there's like three other people doing that exact same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you can't answer, you know, if you can't answer how you're going to be different, that's a whole different, we'll get into that, yes. right? Uh, yes. Maybe you're saying, oh yeah, I'm going to do all of that, but I'm going to be really good at this. You know, a, a great example of that, I think is um, Dollar Shave Club. You know, it's like, oh, hey, we, we're going to start a, we're going to start a company for razors. And, and you'd be like, well, yeah, that was started in like 1800 and there's nothing been new about it for 200 years. And you're like, no, but the difference that about us is we're going to be more convenient because we're going to actually send it to you in the mail and it's a subscription. So you just get it every single time. And yes, now you're different, right? And that's a billion dollar company now from that one small difference. So I think that's where you're going with that, right? Yeah. Which, which is, uh, let me, let me hit both things you said. Yep. I think the first point is excellent and, and was one I was hoping we would hit on, which is, um, you know what? I, I first heard this. I literally, I don't know how I still remember this ninth grade English class. <laughs> uh, I kid you not ninth grade. English Pay attention class. in school kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, there's weird things in my life that like yeah. they hit me just right. And I never forget them. Yep. So it was in the book. Chicken soup for the writer's soul, I think. <laughs> I and our English teacher's reading it to us. And basically, I thought it was such a great point. Um, there, the, I forget how it all went, but this one like little section was basically this young writer had sort of, um, I think she was in, she was in college, you know, taking class, taking uh, the whatever English lit class or whatever, a writing class on writing maybe. And the professor basically said, like, basically went on this rant that was like, Everything you could say has already been said. Mm. There's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. You'll never come up with anything worth worthwhile. All, you know, yes, you're going to make some money and that's why you're all here and I can help you do that. But like get basically he was saying like, tr- like sort of crushing their dream of yeah. like creating this like new, you know, approach or new idea. Well, I mean, everybody, every like 
this is what I always hear. I want to be the next great American novelist. Like I'm going to write that novel that, you know, that kids are reading in high school in 10 years. And you know what I mean? That, that frames some social issue in a new way and people finally yeah. see it. And, and, and you're kind of like, yeah, it's not going to happen, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, but his point was even uh-huh. further than that. He wasn't saying like, don't think you're going to be a world-class writer. Cause that's statistically not going to happen. He was saying like, nothing you ever write will be new. You will only be saying yeah. what has already been said. Anyway, so then this this author that was writing this chapter or section, um, this contributor to the book had said basically like, he's 100% wrong. The opposite is actually true. You might say the very same thing that someone else has just said, but your background, your personality, your convictions, your tone, your style, all of that will Mm -hmm. change it in such a way that it is literally unique and it is very different and it's going to resonate with different Different people people, and it's going to sound different and hit different and someone's going to understand it who didn't understand the the guy that said it first or, or, mm. you know, whatever. And so I always, that always, well, and even for say, a new generation, you know, yeah, I was well watching, said. what was I watching recently? Oh, it was about, um, uh, YouTube channels that are getting really popular. And a lot of these, uh, guys are doing it. This was specifically talking about science experiments, which I thought was interesting because, you know, being, you know, I'm 35, <laughs> there aren't really like, I've seen them all, you know what I mean? I did them all in high school, but now you've got a whole new generation coming up and then the main way they're getting all that stuff is YouTube. And they've never seen like a lot of these uh, science experiments, the like classic science experience for one reason or another, you know, maybe they didn't mm-hmm. get it in school or they weren't paying attention or whatever it is, or school doesn't teach that anymore, you know? Yeah. And so these, this like new crop of YouTubers are like, they're, they're, they know that no, that what they're doing isn't new, <laughs> but yeah, they're capitalizing yeah. on, there's a whole new generation who doesn't know this stuff and they're putting it in almost a different language, the language mm-hmm. of YouTube. Uh, you know what I mean? Yes. Or the language yeah. of TikTok. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And because they speak it in a different yes, way. Or exactly. They, they it's going to connect with that flavor. audience. Exactly. Yeah. And, so, and it actually changes it. It's like the, um, one of our professors in college used to use this analogy and it's, it's pretty common. You know, he would talk about, you know, a, a pipe transfers in uh, water or liquid from one to the other. It does not change it. It just moves it from one place to the next. But a bee, you know, a bee gathers pollen. It changes it in its body and then it spits it back out as honey. Mm. And it's a new thing because it has, it yeah. has gone through the bee. And that's how yeah. it is more with us. Like is you, if you're actively engaging and you, yeah, anyway, we could, we could talk more about that, but yes, all that to say for individuals um, and even for that is not impossible to be for an organization, you could say, yes. we're going to, you know, we are a shoe company, but our, yep. our, we want to have like a, a, a um, personality. We, we want a different personality. Sure. Like we, we want, when people interact with yep. us, it should feel different. Right. Yeah. Um, and that might be enough. However, if it's, what, would you, what did you use before? A plumber? Like yep. if there's already enough plumbers and there's also, you know, economics and all that that goes mm-hmm. into it, like, Hey, maybe they're just literally more, there needs to be more plumbers. That might be all you need. You don't need to do anything <laughs> special. Just yeah. do your, do a good job, you know? But if there's already enough plumbers and you're like, hey, I'm going to start a new plumbing you know, business. Well, like what are how are you doing it differently in a way that is going to make it make people want to engage with you versus the next person? Yeah. So and especially if it's online, because everybody's starting online stuff right now. And man, if there's already someone doing that thing, you got to know how you're doing it differently. So, OK, we've probably said enough about that one. Um, but that the only reason I want to just park there for a minute is, again, it's one of my pet peeves. I think so many people so many times people get excited about starting something new and they don't go through that process of asking, why do I need to start something new? And if you care about something first, see if anybody's doing the thing you care about and then go get on board with them because maybe you're the missing piece that mm. they're waiting for. If there's some cause out there 
you know, that you care about before you start a new nonprofit, like maybe there's one out there already doing a great job and you could just add more fuel to that fire. Now, if you get there and you're like, Hey, I love what they're doing, but I disagree with this, this, and this. Yeah. Okay. Then maybe you do need to start something. But new. then but you, that's a great point though. Cause then you would know how you're going to be different. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that's why this yeah. is such a great question because it really fo- forces you to have that sort of inward dialogue mm. about that. So, all right, this is one of my, this next one, number four is one of my favorites as well. Um, basically it talks about timing and it says if, uh, if you knew your organization was going to be gone in a giving amount, given amount of time, and this is, this works for people as well. If you knew you were going to die in a certain amount of time, but yeah. I think it's more powerful for organizations because, because people know they're going to die. Organizations don't usually, people don't usually think about organizations as having a lifespan. Well, and the other interesting thing about organizations is they can die very abruptly. Like one of the best examples I think I can think of is Atari, who was literally the first video game company, you know, invented video games, basically. And they're just gone now. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. in some of that was, um, you know, bad economics and some of that was, you know, bad strategy on their part. Yeah. Uh, You know, other competitors like you could list all the reasons. But there is a point of, oh, companies will be around forever. You know, Pan Am, that's another one. Uh, the mm-hmm. biggest, the, literally the biggest air, uh, airline in the world for, for decades. And they're just gone. No, like nobody yeah. even knows who they are anymore. Yeah. So there, there's a point of, you can't just assume that your organization is going to be around forever. It, mm-hmm. it can, and they do die often. <laughs> yep. And even if it doesn't die, it can be changed so much that it's, it's yeah. kind of new anyway. Like Atari is a good one. Like that brand still exists, but it's been bought and split and yeah. sliced and changed yep. anyway. Um, so thinking, thinking about your organization, having a lifespan is a really healthy thing because it asks, it sort of gives urgency and it asks the question, Hey, if our organization went away and what would we want to make sure was done? Like, what would we want to, what, what would be critical things to to do in that time frame. Um, and even I love this one about measuring, like what kinds of things would be important if the clock is ticking, like what progress is really the most important thing. And that really gives you hints at your end destination mm. or at least the direction you should be heading. Um, I mean, it's true in personal lives too. You know, like when you think about your life having an end or when you hear about a friend or loved one who passes away, you know, even if someone you don't know, or like if sometimes when a famous person passes away, like I, I think I just sort of stop and reflect. Um, on the shortness of life. And I'm like, man, what do mm. I really care about? And, but again, most people don't take that same time for their team or for their organization. Yeah. Uh, and so I think there's a really healthy, uh, helpful bit of information to be discovered. You know, there. in many ways it's, it's very similar to the negative approach mm. in that you might bring up some things and it, it's sort of like, okay, yeah, but now let's add a time aspect to some yeah. of the goals maybe that you've written in number one. And you're kind of asking yourself, well, okay, if that goal took me 50 years to to accomplish, would I still want to do it? Um, if it took 70 years, would I still want to do it? Uh, and it might even change how you phrase the goal. I find that a lot. I find that a lot in my thinking is if I look at a goal and I'm like, this is a 50 year goal, then I'm like, okay, it's either too broad or I need to you know, change my goal because 50 years is just so, so big. Um, and for organizations, I think it's even more interesting when you start thinking about that because you could be around for 50 years. Sure. But there's a point where you as an individual who, you know, might be answering this question, you probably won't be around <laughs> to right, be able right. to affect the outcome anymore. Um, so that really changes how you think about it as well. Well, it is a cost thing, but it's also, I don't, I don't see this a little, I see this a little differently than I see the cost one. It does have that same it it could does it could also be seen the way you're talking about, but I see it more like um it's sort of the urgency almost almost prompts new thoughts. I in my in my experience that's how it's happened. So for example, um you know often we get caught up doing the grind. We get caught up in filing paperwork and 
you know, whatever your weekly grind is in your organization or your team. And my guess is that the grind is not your end destination, but it yeah. often displaces the end destination. So when you put a timeline on it, like if we were going to be gone in a year, yeah, I still have to do some paperwork, but I would make sure I was also doing this. And I would make sure we were also to making progress in this area. Uh, I would make sure we were inching closer to this specific goal, this specific end, you know, again, end destination. Um, you know, and, and like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, like let's use our, I'll use our business as an example this thing that we're, this project we're embarking on, like, okay, this could become a lot of things. And I think you and I have a lot of hopes for it and, and dreams, and we could see it becoming a lot of different things. But if we knew it was going to end in say, I don't know, two years, and all we had was two years and yeah. then this was going to be done. Like one thing that jumps out at me is like, I hope this resource, this book, this course is done. Like, mm-hmm. I hope we produce it. Yeah. You know, I, I hope there's actually a yeah. thing left when we're done. So that might be one of the key end, end destinations for me to consider. Well, and that, I'm not answering the question, why do I think that? Why would I want that to be true? Um, mm-hmm. You know, oh, because I would want to give it to people or because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would want to read it myself. I would want to use it myself again because I yeah, know I forget yeah. these principles often. You know, whatever the answer might be. That's right. I think your, your point is that now not only does that time period help you, but but at, because you answered that way, it it actually answers even bigger questions yes, of why am I doing this? Right. That's great. I want to go down that. I want to take one more step on this journey. Okay. I, I don't want to get too inward focused on the, you and I, but I think it's a helpful example. Like for me personally, in that example, I might say, well, because I don't just want to be talking into the void. I want to be actually producing something that helps people. I want something to be created mm. and finished. I want a new thing to exist. You know what I mean? And yeah. not just because I put my just, effort in. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I want that thing to be able to outlast me, you know, and outlast us and outlast this initiative, this, this time that we're taking. Um, and so that's a valuable, so that point right there, that might become, and again, this is literally off the cuff. I, it just popped into my head. Yep. So who knows, but maybe that's one of our like core statements is we don't just want to create content. We want to create things from that content. We want to cr- produce ob- items. Like I'm not talking like a physical book, but like, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, a thing, a system, or, or, I don't know, a book or a, a ebook or whatever. Uh, so that might become one of our core end destinations. One of the things we're striving for. So hopefully that makes sense. And, and that sort of covers that one. Yeah. I mean, you All said right. you didn't want to get down to the part that I was talking about, but we can move I on know. if you want. I didn't want to get down to which part I, I'm not I was just talking about how, because you would answer certain ways, it might actually show larger answers to those questions. That's what I was, that's what I was trying to demonstrate. Is oh, like okay. That example I didn't get that from saying, what you just said. <laughs> so what I'm saying is like, well, the book isn't the point. Yes, The exactly. book is actually a sub point. Yes. What's above that is me yeah. feeling like, I don't want to just talk into the void. Yeah, I want okay. to actually have something different and produce. Yep. That was what I, that was what was behind it for me. Yeah. Um, My point is to say that this time question, though, can prompt the questions that can help you get to what's behind that. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think it's less of the time itself uh, and more like what what just happened here, which is a great example of like, well, in five years, I want to have completed, you know, X number of projects. Let's, you know, I can think of... um, there's a show that my wife likes to watch <laughs> where they do house renovation and a big part of their goal is they're trying to renovate um, Indianapolis. They're, they're taking these like really crappy parts of town and they're renovating them like house by house and they're still making mm-hmm. money on it. You know, that's still a part of it. Um, but a big part of their goal is, you know, we want to do X number of things within a time period because they want to renovate a whole neighborhood because that's when you really start to see your community turn around. Right. So yeah. then that I think. If they said, oh, well, we want to renovate 10, ho- 10 homes in the next five years. I don't know if that's a crazy goal or not. I, I'm not 
enough into reno probably it's not <laughs> probably can do a house a month or two houses a month or whatever i don't know um but then you would say oh that's not enough because our really our goal is we want to turn this community around and yes. we know that uh the housing market is a huge piece of that attracting the kind of people that want a great house you know yeah, uh, yeah. so then that would really help them answer the question like why are we even doing this you know it's yeah. well it's because, because we want to help our community you know yes you're saying the progress they would want to measure exactly is how many houses there yeah. are flip uh, their building and, and renovating but then the point is not those houses the point yes. is what's after those houses but that would show them yes exactly that would help reveal like that. nobody yep. is going to say if you wrote down on the paper like we want our stock price to go up by 20 percent year on year mm-hmm. no one's going to get excited about that i mean that might be a goal you have but like why <laughs> you know what <laughs> yeah what, what what difference does it make if it's yeah, that's right 20 what, what if it's 19 what if it's 18 mm-hmm. what if it's 25 mm-hmm. um you know what i'm saying so and that's another thing i see too a lot is sometimes in these um time period conversations the numbers start to get really i don't know what the word is but the numbers start to not matter anymore yes you know you set you set these like num- numerical goals based on time and then before you know it, the numbers mean are just meaningless uh, because you've kind well, of lost like the why. <laughs> well, and it's it's a good point to to remind everybody that we're not talking about goals. Like yes. even this one, <laughs> which we like even, just bashed the heck out of last session. <laughs> yeah, even this even this question, you might ha- you, this question might bring up some goals as you write. Like for example, the housing one might that there might be some goals of numbers of houses, but that's only a stepping stone to reveal mm. what's behind those goals if it even reveals them. Like I, I see this as a bigger, as a bigger deal, like maybe curing a disease. Like, man, I, if we're starting a pharma, a pharmaceuticals company, like, man, this is so beyond but anyway, you get the idea. Like, I hope we were able to cure this such and such disease uh-huh. in the next, before our, before our, um, you know, organization goes bankrupt or gets bought out or, or whatever. Um, like that's a measurable thing. Uh, even though maybe making money year over year is like a goal or a, you know, I don't know, name the goal that you might have sales goal or whatever. So. Again, the goal, the word goal, and, and then again, if, you, if, you're, if you're not, if you haven't heard the last episode or last session, last few episodes where we talked a lot about goals, um, you need to go back to those because this is not, end destination is different than goals. So yes, yeah. I'll just leave that Well, there. we should probably at least try to finish two of these. Um, so let's move up. Let's try to move it along a little quicker okay. and get, yeah, yeah. and try to finish um, blank canvas and also pain point. Um, okay. I yeah. think pain point should go a little faster. Um I, I think. Uh, okay, so blank canvas, uh, the last two of these. So the, the next one, number five there, how could we win but miss our true purpose? This is a really powerful one because it shows a false win. It shows a mm. fake win. It shows things that might catch your attention, things that might dis- that are good but not the thing. It, it's a destination. Maybe you would even be glad you got there, but you would regret that you didn't get to the true destination. Mm. Um, and that's a really helpful thing because that difference, that distinction um, can help expose, well, what is the real destination? Like maybe you would say, well, what if we made millions? Of, so I love how it says it there. Um, what is close, but not quite how could, here it is. How could we experience success that we're actually distracted from the bigger reason we mm. exist? So how, so it's like, it's almost like saying, well, we, we made tons of money, but that was never the point. You know, what was the, what was <laughs> yeah. the point, you know, or we, uh, we sold tons of products, but we didn't actually help anyone. Like our products weren't quality. And that was mm. the whole point was to help people. You know what I mean? So you get the sense there. Yeah. It's, it's um, sort of like, and we talked about this a little bit in the goals section and I probably should stop piping up with this stuff because I'm the one probably dr- like dragging this out. But uh, we talked about this in goals where you actually get achieve a goal only to realize that wasn't the goal. You really, it wasn't a goal that you mm-hmm. really cared about. So it's similar mm-hmm. to that, right? Where 
Yes. It's it. You were successful. You accomplished something and nobody would disagree with that. But then you accomplish it only to realize, well, that's not really meaningful. It's not exactly what we wanted yes. to do. Um, yeah. It's kind of like um, the re and the reason this question is helpful is, is twofold. I know we're taking a minute, but the first is that um, it is helpful to clarify what your actual end destination is. But the second is long term. This information is really helpful to avoid pitholes. It's a pitfall. Pitfalls, yeah. Um, or potholes, that's what I started to say. Because, like, think of the road. Like, you've got the grooves on either side of the road, and then you've got the rumble strip. Um, when you get into that groove, because they draw you, that's why. Because these are alluring things. Mm. Like, making money will yeah. draw you. Increasing stock price will draw you. Um, like, even as a person, like, even as a father, providing more money for my family is going to draw me. So, I, it's, a, it's helpful for me to have identified, hey... Yes, making money is good is a good thing, but that's not the thing. That's a means to an end. And so I'm just going to I'm going to make that note that that's a different thing. So, I think there's some value in in really exploring this question. All right, and the last one, um this one's hard to talk about without lots of examples and I don't have them off the top of my head. But um this <laughs> well, is let's the dig true... in and see if we can find some. Okay. This is the <laughs> true brainstorming method. Maybe I'll use my um I'll use my uh another example that we had, but so basically what you do is you create lists of words and then you sort of try to connect the dots. So this is true. Like just take a whiteboard, start writing down verbs and nouns and adjectives. So, um, you know, verbs of things you're doing and being, and then nouns of things you're working toward. Or so for example, maybe, um, maybe let me use my friend who started the, um, the, uh, nonprofit that works with in the foster care system. So one of his, one of his nouns would be children. Obviously, because it's like one of the four <laughs> things. But maybe yeah. another one might be foster parents. Another one might be um, uh, workers. What's the word for that? Um, social workers. Social workers. Yeah. And so he might ha end up with a list of nouns. And then maybe he would create some verbs. Empowering, comforting, mm -hmm. equipping, uh, uh, whatever. All those things maybe he's got. And then maybe some adjectives you know, whatever they are. And then he would sort of see what stands out and try to make, you can kind of convert that into a sentence or see what pops off the page and scribble some out. And again, it's a very sort of loose, uh, it's, it's almost sort like of alphabet a, soup. It's like a free association kind yes, of thing. That's you're, right. you're trying that's right. to put your feelings right on paper more so than mm -hmm. having the concept concrete in your mind. You're sort of up chucking, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. Yes. And then like, you'll see like, you'll well, start yeah, to see, see the, the connections. Emerging, yes. And then you connect those you dots. You put them together to make senses. Yep. That's right. Okay. Almost like a Rorschach uh, a test where you see the ink blots yeah. and you're like, what do you see here? Yep. Um, but you're you doing your that with block. words and those words, yep. um, those words come from your emotions though. Right. Am I thinking about that? Right. Like not necessarily like it could be what you're already doing or what okay. you think of when you think yeah. of your team or your life or whatever you're working on. Yeah. Um, some of them will be emotional and some of them, the beauty of this. And again, um, this whole first blank canvas method and a lot of these methods too. what resonates with you. That's the core question, which words jump off the page which words are the ones you're like, if I had to scribble out all these words but one, all these nouns but one, which noun would be left? Those kinds of questions uh, help helps to uh, narrow things down and, yeah. and figure out what's there. So And, and okay, so now that we, we kind of have gone through the whole thing, um, I guess I've got a few questions. Number one, okay. and through, as, we gone, as we've gone, gone through this, um, I've gotten a sense from you that it's less about the answers that you're writing down for all of these and more about conclusions maybe that you draw from all the answers you wrote down. Yes. Is that accurate? Yes. It's about the patterns that emerge yeah. um, because any given question 
um, you know, any given question, if we're talking about different tests and they all look for something different, this is even like tests within tests. It's almost like take if this is a blood test, maybe it's like cholesterol and what are the things your blood tests reveal? I don't know, whatever. <laughs> all, the, all the different yeah. markers that they reveal in your blood tests, you know, your glucose level mm-hmm. and your, you know, a boom, 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 boom. And, and so you're like, oh, I see these three markers are like way off the charts. That's revealing something about you. Yeah. Um, in a good, you know, in a good way. Like maybe you'll see as you do answer all these questions, you look back and there's like one answer that came up every single time or they're not the same answer, but they're very connected. Then you're starting to see the pattern. You're starting to see what's sort of deep inside you coming out in different ways without even knowing it. Does that answer your question? Yeah. The second question I had was what, what do you come away with? Because it's very scattered, you know, like you could spend a day and write on lots of whiteboards and, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know. Write all the notes down for all those people who love notes. Um, there should be like an ASMR version of for notes, you know, like people who just love taking notes, like it makes them feel good. I feel like that should be a thing. They could just like take notes on nothing. Like it just makes them feel good to take notes about stuff, even if it's <laughs> <laughs> anyway, getting off track a little bit. But like what? So you have all these notes, you've got all these whiteboards, you've got pages, you've got material. What do you then do with all of that? You, you've, you filled up your canvas. So then how do you pull a destination out of it? Uh, it's, it's similar to what I, what we were just talking about with the building block approach. You're saying you're just out. looking for patterns at that you're point. You're looking for patterns because what you're going to have is noise in the test. Yes. And then what you need to pull from that noise is the signal, right? Signal versus noise is the classic. So, the, so and that's one where we were talking about earlier, where you were saying that you want to let it ruminate. So is that where right. your point is like, fill all this canvas up and then go let it sit for like how long? I like doing checkpoints so like i like doing and and maybe what i would recommend is to take each of these questions could be an exercise and could take you 30 minutes so yeah what, like here's one time i did this in my personal life it was similar questions to this and i did one each morning for 30 minutes for like a week okay um and so one was sort of marinating as then as i was working on the next one and by the end of the week i looked back at all my notes and i could see number one i could look at patterns and i could sort of step back and be almost my own third party observer mm-hmm. because as my my thoughts are now on the page, on the canvas. And so now I can look at those thoughts almost as a, again, like a snapshot in time and say, what do I see here? What do I see about myself as a third party observer? Number one, as patterns. But then number two, what still sticks out to me? Like what, what would, how would I still answer those things? Um, and so then that's what you end up with as far as an idea. But then from there, what you want to move to, and this is not in here yet, but there probably this is maybe would be a different subsection in this, in this section of the book is to say, how do you take that idea and then convert that into a sentence or a thing that you can memorize and write down and keep with you and carry in your pocket metaphorically? Yeah, but I feel like that would be something you would have to do in any of these methods, right? Yeah, that's right. Whatever method it is, there's a point where you've done the method and now how do you take whatever the, you know, data is that you got back from that test, Mm -hmm. so to speak, and turn it into an actual destination? And that's going to be different probably... Well, I guess maybe that's what I'm wondering. Is it different for each, you know, would would the method for pulling your signal from the noise or getting your destination from all this data, is that going to be different for each of these pieces? Or do you see that process being basically the same uh, no matter which method? Same. Yeah. Off the top of my head. Let me just look down the list here. Um, Yes, it is literally the same. It's always about patterns. It's Mm. always about uh, because because there's a part of you that doesn't change every day and every week. You know, we we spent last week or last session, we talked about how we some of us does you you do change, but there's part of you that does not change. 
uh, that frequently. And that's the part you're trying to center in on and hook to, or for your team or your organization, there's a part of that vision that should not change. That should be, you know, no matter how the technology changes, Google should still always be about organizing the world's information. And even Um, if you are saying we want to change, we need to change, like we got to go in new directions. I think the point here is to say, yes, but your foundation isn't going to change. Right. I mean, that's sort of, and especially as an individual, and we talk about this later on in the book. I, ha- I have a whole section on finding your core. And I think that's kind of what you're yes. hitting at here is that there is something that won't change. And then that becomes your bedrock foundation that you can start building. You know, maybe you do yeah. need to go in a different direction. And the destination yeah, or- you end up choosing is something you never thought you would choose. But you're still going to build that on these patterns that don't change. These things that are the bedrock of who you are, who your team is, who your organization is. Yeah. Or if they do change, they change every 50 years or every 20 yeah, or 30 years, great, not every yeah. week or month mm-hmm. or year. Right. Um, they're, they're more like an Epic rather than a season. <laughs> um, and, and back to the other thing you said about how you identify, you know, I talked about being your own third party, but another thing I've done is I've taken my answers and I've shown them to other people. And I've said, Hey, Does here's this, this. Ring what true do you for see you? here? Yeah. No, no. I said, what do you see here? Like what oh, okay. patterns emerge to you that don't emerge to me? Because when something is so core to you, Sometimes you become so blind to it that it becomes very different. It's like almost impossible for you to see your own pattern because mm-hmm. it's like so it's the classic um, fish. Yeah. There's two young if fish. You, if you a, ask a fish what water is, is that what you're thinking? Yeah, it's of? like two, yeah. two young fish and an older fish swims by and he's like, hey, how's the water today? And they look at each other like, what's water? Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's like it's all around you. It's inside of you. And it's so obvious that you can't even see it. So showing it to someone else can be very helpful. It's just like a test result that you could show to multiple doctors and get different opinions mm. and have people help get help interpreting it. Um, and it's, it's similar to this uh, in, in that way. Uh, but again, the pattern is what you're after. The pulling the signal from the noise is, is absolutely the, the thing that you're, you're trying to find in, in all of these methods. Um, and I feel like I had something else that you asked there. Well, what I was saying it. is there's a point where you could also get a second opinion and, you know, show people maybe the answers you came up with and say, you know, does this seem accurate to you? Because yeah, there's, there's right. a point where you, you know, and you were already touching on it. Like you can be blinded to your own patterns, but you can also be blinded <laughs> in other ways too, where you think something is true and you really need someone else to go, but really that's not true. Like that's, yeah, you say that's that, right. but that's not really how it is. You want that to be true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing I would say about this too, and, and uh, is doing this as a team um, <sighs> is helpful. Like, Take, take, if you're doing like weekly staff meetings, take one of these questions each week and put a, put up a whiteboard and brainstorm the answers that can be really helpful and see what resonates with your team or with your organization. So there's lots to be done there. So that is the blank canvas method. Again, that is better when you have, that assumes you have a lot of the answer inside of you already, which you may not. And that's okay. There's other methods that that'll work better for you. All right. Do you want to try to jump into the, uh, yeah, let's see if we, Well, that's all for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to hear the rest of this conversation, make sure to subscribe so you get new episodes as they're released. You can also view this content along with visuals on our YouTube channel. The link is in the show notes. We'll see you on the next one.